Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today. I'm your host, Dr. Graham Taylor. There's this concept called acceptance. The dictionary defines it as the action of consenting to receive or undertake something offered. Synonyms for acceptance include words like approval, consent, cooperation, endorsement, welcoming, or embracing. The most difficult type of acceptance is that related to something that has happened to us that is unfair, unjust, and really not our fault. We're typically told that we've got to let it go in order to move on. Phrases like forgive and forget come up, and the idea that acceptance can free you up somehow gets shared with us. But what if you just don't want to accept something? And what if you just might be justified in holding a grudge or maybe choosing not to forgive? What if you just plain don't want to accept something that is unfair and unjust that has affected you? Well, you could be justified in this stance, that is not letting it go. And you certainly don't have to do something you don't want to have to do. But what if holding on to the grievance, something painful, something you may not really want to let go of despite how offensive it was, is now coming at a cost to you, maybe even costly in two ways. One way may be holding on or not knowing how to let go becomes toxic for you and those around you without you fully realizing it. And secondly, what if holding on in one way or another actually hinders and stunts your growth and your maturation as a person? Well, let's say you're ready to work towards this thing called acceptance. However, you soon realize that it's not as easy to fully accept some things as they are. Well, what do you do then? Well, my guest today is going to help us address this challenge. Dr. Alex Wills is a board-certified psychiatrist and author of Give an F, Actually, Reclaim Yourself with the Five Steps of Radical Emotional Acceptance. Alex is a graduate of the Sackler School of Medicine and completed his residency and fellowship training in Hawaii with additional training from Columbia University. He is the owner of Perma Mental Health, a private psychiatric practice with offices across Idaho. Alex's clinical work and his days are spent using the radical emotional acceptance method to help patients heal from issues ranging from past traumas to interpersonal struggles in their marriages. I'm excited to have Alex with us here today as we focus on radical emotional acceptance and his new book. Alex, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Thanks, Graham. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you. Hey, Alex, as we start out today, you know, everyone has a story and everyone has had something happen to them in their lives that's changed them. Has there been something in your life that you've had to practice radical acceptance around? And if so, how has this led to both your writing of the book and also the theoretical focus of your practice? Well, as with many great stories, I guess you could say, it's about a girl. When I was in university, uh, my former fiance and I, we, we had a bad breakup. At the time, I was not psychologically knowledgeable. I didn't really have the resources. It was really hard for me. And out of that kind of became my passion to try to understand all things, you know, psychology, and mm -hmm. eventually led me to my interest in becoming a psychiatrist later in medical school. Very good. Very good. So we do go through some things, don't we, that even if there's reasons and explanations as to why certain things happen, or maybe our level of understanding of ourselves and how the light, how world works, we're still left to go through some hard times and come to a place of acceptance. That's not always easy. In fact, in terms of radical emotional acceptance, you're encouraging folks to fully accept things as they are. 
instead of ignoring or avoiding or wishing the situation was different. In fact, you're actually encouraging folks to lean into those feelings and thoughts that are most difficult for them. And this is not an easy task. Explain for us what you're talking about with radical emotional acceptance, would you? I realize that a lot of the self-help stuff out there and a lot of the psychotherapy modalities had sort of an overt or even you know, direct agenda to help us deal with emotions or right. fix emotions or get through emotions or right. let go of emotions, all of these kinds of ideas that if we can somehow master emotions, then we're finally going to be okay. Most of us are familiar with the best-selling book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. Yeah. And when I read that book, it was a reflection of the culture to me, the zeitgeist of how can we just not give a F anymore? And then everything's solved, wash our hands of it. Right. The first time I read the book, I was like, okay, that sounds cool. Like, I, I like that fantasy. Let's see if it works. <laughs> However, I realized in my own life and in the lives of my patients that it didn't really work, at least not for long. And so I became very interested in what if we got the definition wrong? What if all of our emotions were not a problem? What if there really wasn't anything to fix or work through, let go, or to solve? And so I started to apply a lot of the new Buddhist psychotherapies, the evidence-based psychotherapies, such as acceptance and commitment therapy, mm -hmm. to these ideas. And coming up with the conceptualization that if emotions are not the problem, and we could actually be thankful for our painful, scary, sad, disappointing, uncomfortable emotions, if they were really there to try to help us, then there no longer is a problem. And this is sort of the birth of that idea. This idea that maybe we don't have to be afraid of our emotions. In fact, our executive producer, Peter Finger here and I were talking before the show about this idea of what if emotions are there to inform us of something and maybe even show us a path, which is kind of what you're suggesting here. Right. So if we could see how our emotions with curiosity are trying to help us to navigate. I love the analogy of surfing. I know you're there in Hawaii. I miss living in Hawaii. I miss the surfing. But the number one rule with surfing is you can't control or fight the wave. You have to learn how to use the wave to get to where you want to go. So if emotions are like waves, we might be in the middle of small waves, large waves, tsunamis. But if we become really good at surfing, we can use those painful, scary, sad emotions, no matter how intense they are, to become really awesome surfers and to get where we're going. And those waves are no longer a problem. They're just a different type of emotional data to be using. I like the analogies here and, and kind of how you're laying out what this could actually be. I would imagine, though, that when some folks come in, they start therapy with you and they learn that part of their therapy process with you is going to involve an acceptance. And I would imagine some people might say, so you just tell me, doc, that I've got to, it's got to kind of give up, or I've got to be okay with what's happened. Or so you're telling me that I've got to find a way to somehow make what happened acceptable to me. Like I've got to condone it. Right. Right. And that's a big thing to distinguish. I'm glad that you're kind of looking into that because there's a big difference between accepting our emotions, which really we don't have any control over which emotions just sort of happen to us. Another analogy I like to use is the colors, how emotions are really like colors. I look over here and a blue happens to me. I look down here and red happens to me. My wife gives me a darting glance 
and fear happens to me, you know, what, whatever. We just sort of accept that, okay, these emotions are already happening. There's no reason to try to pretend and, you know, not, not give an F about them. So how can we accept that this is the true raw emotion that's happening and then use that to inform our action? It's a big difference between just saying we have to give up and take it versus fight back or do whatever we want to do. Right. So our actions are not dependent upon accepting our emotions. In fact, we have, we're more empowered and we can make better decisions about our actions if we have our emotional wisdom. It's really good. I like that emotional wisdom, this idea that emotions kind of happen to us. It's cause effect. We're created to, to feel certain things as a result of certain things happening to us. It's just the, again, the cause effect link that occurs. And again, what you're saying is that these are not things that we need to be afraid of. Although the things that happen can be very traumatic and very difficult, the emotions that are the takeaway from that can actually, again, be a way for us to learn what am I holding from that experience or that encounter? And what is it that my body's saying, hey, here's what you need to work through because here's what I'm taking away. In fact, we were even talking before the show about how the body even holds trauma. Vander Kolk and his work writes the book, you know, the body holds a trauma. It's the same kind of thing you're talking about here, that we hold these for a reason because they're the takeaway from that time. But again, there's ways to work through this. Yeah. When dealing you know, with trauma, it can be very difficult, as I'm sure you've you know, worked with patients, that it might take weeks, months, and years to really get healing, emotional healing from the horrific traumas that had happened in the past. I think as I was thinking through the idea of radical emotional acceptance applied to trauma, I think one of the goals for trauma therapy is to help the patient get to a place where they can accept what has happened, accept the emotions that were part of that, and heal emotionally. And so mm. by basically dealing with reality, accepting that, hey, if something horrific happened to you, you're supposed to have overwhelming painful, fearful, horribly sad, hate, disgusting emotions. And those emotions make sense in the context of the situation that happened. And if we can get to that baseline reality, then we stand a better chance of coming to terms and, and then healing from that instead of trying to figure out a way to get rid of those, you know, right. icky, nasty emotions we don't want. Yeah, we're kind of wired, aren't we, to kind of through self-preservation to have these really cool defense mechanisms, you know, from humor to avoidance, to denial, to dissociation, whatever it takes to avoid these things. But what you're saying is that that can perpetuate or have us carry and hold something that can be costly. Like I said, in the introduction today, those can be actually costly things that we do to avoid, even though it feels better in the moment, not to have to feel it. But what you're encouraging is that when people are going through certain events, traumatic as they may be, the emotions that are the takeaway from that are actually normal. So you're normalizing something and you're kind of universalizing that this is this is what happens, but we don't have to leave it in that state. We can take it to a better and different place where you can hold it without maybe the same level of reactivity. Right. Once we realize that emotions, you know, even the painful or the so-called negative ones yeah. are there to help us, then we no longer have to have what I call emotophobia, this irrational fear of that emotion. And yeah. we can allow those emotions to help guide us and to get the healing that we actually need. Yeah, that's really good. I want to talk about some of the steps that you have in your book and you've laid out for us, but anchor us a little bit in the theoretical orientation about this. Radical emotional acceptance comes out of some dialectical behavior therapy and other therapy you talked about before we got onto the show today. Briefly describe 
where radical emotional acceptance is coming out of theoretically? Sure. The term radical acceptance, you know, popularized in DBT by Marsha Linehan, mm -hmm. uh, also with the Buddhist teachings from Tara Brock. And I really loved a lot of what that had to offer. However, I noticed that a lot of therapists and a lot of literature out there would maybe misuse that idea again as sort of a, with a covert agenda to let's see how we can never feel sad again. Let's see mm -hmm. how we can get rid of the anger. Let's see how we can get rid of the, the negative emotions. And mm -hmm. so I ended up coining the phrase through the process of writing this book of radical emotional acceptance, basically applying radical acceptance to the emotions and losing that agenda of trying to fix or get rid of anything or not experience certain emotions. I like that idea of the goal of therapy is not to feel. It sounds like you're encouraging folks. We kind of refer to it professionally as affective tolerance. We I sometimes refer to it as emotional muscle. You're talking about helping people build the emotional muscle to name and hold and kind of expand their ability to carry these things in their lives without quite the level of sensitivity or maybe the negative affect. A lot of times through trauma, the memories of trauma kind of eclipse moments for folks and they get caught up in and brought back into that trauma. And it's difficult to stay in those moments, particularly those areas where there's a felt loss of control or someone feels like they've lost themselves in that experience. Say a little bit about that, would you please? Yeah, great question. I find that people get stuck whether it's with the traumatic memories, PTSD type symptoms, depression, anxiety, people get stuck not because of the emotions, but people get stuck when they're trying desperately to fix the emotions. Right. That's what leads us to ruminate and obsess and, and try all these different self-help books and different psychotherapy modalities. If, if I could only not feel sad anymore when I think of the horrific thing that happened before. And then that's why we get stuck. But if we can accept what happened, if we can accept that we very well should have these horribly painful emotions about it, and that's good. When I think about the tragic, horrible, tragic breakup from, from college yeah. for me with, with my girlfriend at the time, I, I, still, I still feel uh, some sharp pains of sadness. Mm -hmm. and, and I want that. I don't, I don't want to get rid of that sadness because that's reflective to me of truth of how much I really did love her, how much I really thought we would be together forever and all those things that you think when you fall in love for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so although the sadness will come and it is painful and it also goes, you know, kind of quickly, I, I want that because it's a reflection of truth about life. So the agenda to get rid of painful emotions is really the cause of a lot of the problems. I would imagine sometimes folks in attempts prior to coming in to see you have felt so afraid to allow themselves to start feeling oftentimes the fears if i start to feel even the smallest of emotions this whole floodgate of emotions is going to overwhelm me and i'm just going to be immersed and consumed in them and around them and I, and, and i'm and i'm going to die or i'm just not going to be able to handle this or i'm going to go crazy if i allow this to surface and so they come to you and they say, hey, what, what are some of the steps, if I'm going to consider this with you, what are, what are the five steps that you might take me through regarding this radical emotional acceptance process? Yeah, the subtitle of the book is Reclaim Yourself with the Five Steps of Radical Emotional yeah. Acceptance. I lovingly nicknamed Rhea, my, my daughter Rhea, Radical Emotional Acceptance, R-E-A. That's cool. 
Briefly, the five steps. The first one is to drop the F shield or get rid of that emotional shield, which is could be a defense mechanism, as you mentioned earlier, or what we call a shield emotion, such as an emotion that's easy to get in touch with, such as mm -hmm. hilarity or anger. You know, when you're nice. angry, it's a very easy emotion to get in touch with because you're very empowered. Nobody's going to mess with you or you're going to kill them when you're right. angry. So it's right. a easy Those are defense mechanisms, aren't they? Those, those are just defenses right. for us to kind of keep people at bay and us at bay from having to take a look at something. That's a great point. And so behind the shield emotion or the defense mechanism are the vulnerable, raw emotions, the painful, sad ones, which brings us to yeah. step number two, uh, name the F or name the emotion. Yeah. Uh, step number three is to listen to the emotions. Step four is to act or not act on the emotions based on your newfound emotional wisdom. And my favorite step is step five, to thank the F or to thank the emotion. If we can find sincere gratitude from our hearts for these painful emotions, then we are automatically up to a Zen level of peace. And it's just amazing. Yeah. So in, in this process, if I'm coming to see you and I've got these really intense emotions or this, you know, this experience that I, I'm just so profoundly sad about, or I feel like I lost my way or I lost myself, or I just had no control. That's hard for me to bring up. And you're asking me to talk about it. And I'm probably going to be relying upon you, or you're probably going to be talking to me about how you're going to come alongside me and kind of hold this with me until I can take more and more of it back myself and tolerate some things that I haven't want to hold. And I've kind of pushed off to the side. How do you do that with me? Yeah, a big key is that it's important for me to define emotions as those raw, visceral sensations that happen to us that we have no control over. If I were to tell you right now that I feel sad, I feel hurt, and I feel scared, you may have no idea why, but you already know what my emotional reality is. It doesn't right. need a story. Now, when we add a story to the emotions, I call that a feeling. And the problem is, is that a lot of the time, these stories are not true. They're not helpful. They're oftentimes toxic. Mm -hmm. So we really want to help patients to separate out their stories, which we can question and perhaps disbelieve and still validate the true emotions underneath, which don't necessarily support a false story. So when I'm sitting with you in therapy and I'm struggling with this, I have a lot of sympathetic reaction. I'm, 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 I'm tapping my leg and I'm kind of shaking and I'm kind of feeling unsafe inside. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of dysregulated in that moment because it's so hard for me to go into this or lean into it. I, I don't want to feel it. And my body knows it. My body's holding it and carrying it. How do you hold me and kind of sit there and hold the, the, the content with me so that I can kind of more regulate myself and modulate some of these things. And how do you help me kind of manage those moments? Yeah, great question. And I should say that the intent of the book is to kind of help people where they are at. It's not meant to be therapy in itself. And mm -hmm. we strongly do recommend that if you are suffering with any mental health issues, that you do see a licensed professional mm -hmm. and you do get the type of therapy or treatment that is going to help you the most. That being said, I want folks to be able to, you know, see their providers, do the grounding techniques, all of those evidence-based therapies that really work for them to help them, especially when it comes to extreme severe symptoms that are interfering mm -hmm. with your social or occupational functioning. Yeah. I like that idea of learning how to self-regulate. These are things that we can turn on. Thankfully, we've got the 
you know, the parasympathetic nervous system accessible to us, parasympathetic para, paramedics, paramedics make things better, you know, and we can, we can elicit that parasympathetic response, can't we, through breathing, kind of some mindfulness and bringing everything down so that we can lean back into those times. So it makes therapy tolerable. And with a therapist being there, like you're saying, it really makes it manageable because there's someone else in the water with us. We're not just alone because we've been alone the whole time. It's, 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 a, it's scary in there. Alex, in your work, what types of life circumstances do you find radically emotional acceptance being particularly beneficial and helpful to people coming in to see you? Yeah, you know, I mean, emotions are ubiquitous. So in a way, it's hard to find something that it's not helpful with, even with our positive emotions and the emotions that we want, such as joy, happiness, all of these things, connection, intimacy, love. It's very easy to radically accept those because we already want to accept them. In particular, we work with patients with, you know, pretty much anything mental health related from anxiety spectrum, trauma issues, obsessive compulsive disorder issues, depression, mood spectrum, and then folks that have, you know, addiction issues. And so we can really kind of apply it. In the book, there are fictionalized characters because mm. the value of therapy is making the rubber meet the road for the patient, making mm -hmm. it apply to the patient's life personally, making it real for the patient. And yeah. so the characters in the book, the reader will be able to find them relatable. And, you know, we talk about issues having to do with anxiety and mood and addiction, suicide, all of these difficult things. We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Continuing education is both a requirement and a learning opportunity, but finding the right CE provider can be challenging. AATBS, a triad company, offers continuing education for psychologists, social workers, marriage and family therapists, counselors, and behavior analysts. CE courses are available both individually and as part of our new All Access Pass. All Access Pass provides a library of over 250 unique courses. That's more than 800 hours of CEs, with new courses being added every month. As a special offer, Behavioral Health Today listeners can save 15% on CE purchases. Visit us at aatbs.com bht and enter promo code bht15 during checkout. That's aatbs.com bht. Check out our library and check off your CE requirements today. really good. Are there some areas, Alex, though, where you might recommend that radical acceptance maybe not be encouraged? I think having a better relationship with our own emotions is pretty much always going to be helpful. Obviously, if you're suffering with extreme symptoms, if there's safety issues, if there's suicidal yeah. issues, you know, you're always highly encouraged to see a professional provider. And also, we don't want to discount the defense mechanisms as if right. they're bad. You know, sometimes we're in a situation where we need to soldier through. We need right. to use humor. We need to use rationalization yeah. to get through something really tough. But when things calm down, there's an opportunity, you know, whenever you do notice you had been using defense mechanisms to ask yourself the question, what was I defending against? And yeah. try to get to those vulnerable emotions that were happening at the time for you. So things like abuse that just may not be safe that you're in, uh, to accept those things is not an okay thing to do. Avoidance of maybe some emotions that might be worthwhile getting kind of down into, like you're saying, and, and work through and understand what's, what's underneath those. And maybe even we don't want to excuse any unhealthy behaviors, you know, whether it's self-harm or maybe it's something that's coming at a, at a negative to us. Yeah, I like that. It's said that in the work itself that radical emotional acceptance can actually 
improve one's overall quality of life and that one can actually grow despite the challenging things that they've gone through. And in, in other words, they don't have to be defined by their past or their experiences. How is this so when some things can be so painful that people have gone through? How can they grow? Yeah. Could you maybe give me an example that comes to mind for you so I can kind of make sure I understand what you're thinking? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say someone someone goes through a divorce process and they thought this was the person. And they thought that this is what's going to take me into the rest of my life. I got this whole picture of retiring. I've got this person in all the seasons of my life and we're going to be together into our golden years. And all of a sudden, I find out that that's not going to be the case. And this is overwhelming to me. I have a history of past attachments that have been ruptured in my upbringing. And they have, I haven't had a secure attachment. And I thought this was a secure attachment that I finally get to have. And now I'm realizing that I'm not. And I am upside down and I don't know what to do. But you're saying that somehow if I can work through this, I've got an ability maybe to build some resilience and some maybe emotional muscle and a side of myself that maybe I never knew really existed. And I was so dependent upon the other person to give me a secure attachment. But maybe there's something inside me, you're saying, that could give me something secure that I never knew was there. How does that work? Yeah, that's a, that's a great scenario. Kind of a common, unfortunately, a common scenario when someone's going through something as devastating as a divorce. Following, you know, the steps of radical emotional acceptance, kind of walking through it, you know, we want to address the emotions that are there, the defense mechanisms, there might be a lot of anger. And then we want to go into step two to become very curious about that. What's underneath the anger? There's probably a lot of sadness, hopelessness, pain, all of these very uncomfortable, painful emotions, which are inevitable. And we want to really reinforce that you should have those emotions. You know, going through divorce is a huge effing deal. And if you didn't have those emotions, there would be something wrong with you. And so in a sense, you want to celebrate that you're human, celebrate that, yeah, when somebody stabs you, you bleed and it hurts and it should hurt. Um, Step three is listening to the emotion and trying to understand the wisdom. You know, why why does it hurt so bad? What is this making me reevaluate in my life? How did things go wrong? Did I make any mistakes to get myself here? Did I choose the wrong person? Did I trust the wrong person? Do I need to get more help? Becoming very curious about what these emotions are teaching you. And then you move into step four, which is to act and decide what to do now. What are your desires? What are your wishes? What do you want for your future? And then to decide with all of your emotional wisdom, how to move towards those desires and wishes. And then finally, again, the steps don't have to go in order. You can kind of bounce around sort of like the stages of grief, but finding true gratitude for those painful emotions, because, hey, if someone divorced you and you didn't have any emotions about it, you would probably end up alone, end up in another bad marriage. You, you would probably not, not really be living a full life. And so without the, the truth and reality of those emotions to give you guidance, you're not going to make the best decisions for your future. It's an interesting thing to kind of coin this, this kind of this wiser emotional part of yourself that you may not fully appreciate or know that's there, but it is. And this idea that you're saying, I can work through this loss and this trauma and I can hold it in a way and learn to carry it in a way It doesn't go away, but I find a way to manage it and to carry it so that it's not as disruptive as I grow these other parts of my life that can actually be extremely rewarding. I get to be proud of myself through my resilience and my growth, 
from what I've come out of and growing into, that's a very different life, isn't it? And I would even maybe suggest taking it a step further, which is that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And so the most emotionally painful things in my life have led me to grow in ways that I never would have been pushed to grow before. And I've been able to grow and achieve things that I probably never would have if it hadn't been for those. And so we want to sort of turn it upside down and, and use these painful emotions as a very positive thing to basically through alchemy, they transform into motivation, again, to move towards our wishes, dreams, and desires. Really good. Alex, you've come out with a new book. Tell us a little bit more about your book and what folks can expect and benefit from when they read it. Well, the goal is, you know, what we've been talking about today to see how if our painful, uncomfortable emotions, our scary emotions are actually our best friends, and they're there to help us, How would life be different? How would life be better? Really good. Well, that's pretty succinct right there, but that's kind of the best possible message we could be holding, isn't it? How can I hold what I've gone through? And how can I make some meaning of it in a way that actually enhances and and, and kind of expands my life in ways that I never thought could be possible? That's one of the beautiful things about therapy. We, We tend to be kind of myopic in our lives and not recognizing all that's going on, but we can open up these lenses and see things that we had never seen before. And we can begin to understand things and be in the world in a different way. Even though the world may not change a whole lot around us, we get to come into it in a much different way. So as we close today, Alex, I would love to have you give a word to some listeners out there who might be struggling with some things. It's kind of a closing word and how you might think radical emotional acceptance might be an approach for them to consider and what you'd like them to have as a takeaway from today's show. Yeah. If you forget everything else, just ask yourself the question, what if these painful emotions are actually there to help Mm. me and become very curious about that and spend some time creatively thinking about how that can inform your pathway forward because we all need hope and we all need to move towards what we want to get our emotional needs met. Yeah, really good. Well, I would love folks that are listening and are interested to learn more about you and also about your book. Give us some resources on how folks can learn more about you and maybe take a look at when your book is going to be coming out. I think you just said the order came in today and it's going to be available to you. So uh, share with us those resources, would you? Yeah. Radicalemotionalacceptance.com is the main website where you can find all the information. The book is anywhere English books are sold in the world. So it should be pretty easy to find. My friend in Germany just ordered his on Amazon all Germany. Right, so That's exciting. We also have my team put together a merch store on the website. So you go to RadicalEmotionalAcceptance.com and click on the shop. And my daughters are already getting geared up in hoodies and hats and beanies. You got stuff about not giving an F. You got emotionally woke. And so it turned out pretty fun and kind of cool stuff. So we can spread the word and help everybody heal emotionally. Really nice. Well, well done. Well, Alex, it's been great to have you on the show today. Thanks for your message. Thanks for uh, the book coming out and for what you're doing professionally to help people kind of reclaim themselves following a hurt, but also giving them a chance and a pathway to really grow through these things and some steps that can really change one's lives and see somebody through a very challenging time that they may not have thought there was going to be a way out. So thanks for what you're doing and great to be with you today. Thank you, Graham, for having me. So nice to have you here. I also want to thank you, our listeners, for joining Alex and me today. It's always great to have you with us. Regarding today's episode, I want to remind you that it and its resources and all of our other shows can be found on our webpage at triadhq.com slash BHT. 
So check out our webpage, triadhq.com slash PHT, and explore our archive of podcasts and other resource materials. Thanks again for being with us on the show, and we'll look forward to having you back with us next time on Behavior Health Today. We appreciate all the support from our community, and if you like our show, one of the best ways you can support it is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Behavioral Health Today is a podcast part of the Tribe Network, all rights reserved.